0: Hey, it's Jay here from The Dive Table, and we're really excited about our dive clubs. And if you enjoy the show, we would ask you to become a sponsor and join one of our exclusive, all-inclusive clubs. There are three of them. The first one we're calling the Caffeine Pusher Club. This is really to buy Nick a coffee to keep his brain moving and to make sure that the content doesn't stink. The second club is our Tank Monkey Club, and this is to fill our tanks so that we keep on breathing underwater, which is important. And the final club is our High Roller Club, which is really buying us a couple tacos and keeping Nick and I living the high life. So if you enjoy the show and you're consider becoming a sponsor, go to thedivetable.com and click on Join a Dive Club in the upper right corner. Or you can go to patreon.com backslash thedivetable. Thank you to all of you that are considering this and thank you to all of our current patrons today. Welcome to The Dive Table. I'm Jay Gardner, your co-host, and
1: with me as always is Mr. Nick Hogle. Nick, how are you doing today? Hey, what's going on, man? We're doing a little late night recording session here, and I don't have my coffee. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle this.
0: <laughs> yeah, we've got all new technology we're trying out tonight, uh, all kinds of fun stuff. So things can only go wrong <laughs> at <That's right. laughs> Things will go somewhere. They'll go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Well, and producer Daniel is here as well uh, in the background. I'm sure pulling uh, what little hair he has left uh, out of his head over all of this new technology. But hey, we're glad you're here with us, even though we're testing a bunch (laughs) of new things out. And I really hope that you uh, take something away from the show today. podcast for scuba divers everywhere. Take your seat at the dive table with your hosts, Nick Hogle and Jay Gardner. So Nick, today we're going to tackle a, a pretty fun question, serious question, however you want to frame it. But why should I take a rescue diver course? And for some reason, the rescue diver or stress and rescue course really intimidates a lot of divers that I've met out there. Uh, a lot of people have said, oh, no, that's, I'm not going to take that uh, course. It's it's going to be too hard or I'm not ready. I, I hear that constantly. I'm not ready. And, and whether they admit it or not, there are other divers out there that for some reason this course intimidates them. But I don't think it has to be the case. There are a lot of perceptions around this course and we want to get to the bottom of the perceptions. And between you and I, have an open, honest conversation about the course. So our intention for the course is not to defend the rescue course or try to be an infomercial for the course or anything like that. But instead, we're going to share our experiences, our stories, our opinion about training for rescue diving. So you ready to jump in, Nick? Oh, I'm ready to back roll right into this, buddy. Let's let's do it. So let's start with something kind of simple here. What is the intention of a rescue course or, uh, stress and rescue or whatever you might call that. What, why does it exist? Uh, what are we trying to achieve? How does it fit into the development of a diver in your opinion?
1: Um, well, I'm actually going to steal this, uh, little quote from one of the agencies, um, TDI SDI, uh, their, their definition or their, um, what they say is it helps individuals develop develop the skill sets and knowledge base needed to perform self-rescue, basic first aid, and buddy assists. And I think that's pretty on point on what the intention is. Um, I know when I speak to students, I always tell them, um, I, I do always strongly recommend, I tell people, if this is something you're going to get into, um, I highly, highly suggest that you take this course just because it's going to make you and any other diver you're with safer, especially if you're a family of divers. Um, you know, you have to do the CPR training. Um, you you have to be CPR trained, first aid trained to, m- like, most most agencies are going to, um, it's going to be a prereq to get into the course. Um, and I think it also builds confidence as a diver. And I'll go into that in a little bit here in a second.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think uh, for a lot of divers, when we start diving, you know, our situational awareness or our scope of awareness is really around ourselves. And usually it's really focused on the gear, right? Your own gear. Is it functioning? Is it not, um, you know, not even necessarily how you're feeling. A lot of times it's all about, you know, did I press the right button? Um, you know, am I, Wait, am I floating It's not up? about looking good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry <Always laughs> about that. No, dude. but, um, but really it's your circle of 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 awareness is pretty limited when you start diving. And a lot of courses are reinforce that idea, right? Are are focused on you, are focused on how you know you look in the water, how you're behaving in the water, how how you're utilizing gear, the procedure you're using, so on and so forth. And so for this course, it's really one of the the first times for a lot of divers that that sphere of of awareness moves beyond their themselves and the environment that they're in, and starts to be focused on other divers and how they might be behaving, right? And I think um, that's a really cool part of the intention of this course is to expand your situational awareness beyond just yourself, um, the environment. and now it should include, you know, the team that you're diving with or your buddy. Or even beyond that, not just the the direct people that are around you, but also being able to be aware of other divers that are in the water around you. Whether you're on a, you know, a boat with with ten other divers that you don't know, or something like that, or or you are on a team that you practice with every day, um, or every week, it really extends that that um, situational awareness. And I think that's critical. I think that's a critical for me aspect of. Rescue diving, as a course and as an intention, I think it's a really important piece.
1: I concur. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> it is weird not being in the same room together. It, it? Is, like, it is. It is. I'm we're just, we're like, just
1: trying to read the videos here, trying to trying to figure it out. And I'm like looking at you, but I feel like when I look at you, it doesn't look like I'm looking at the the wonderful individuals that are watching this right now. <laughs> But exactly. if you're listening, if you're listening, that's all that matters.
0: So maybe let's talk through. So for, from your perspective as an instructor, what are some of the the learning and skill objectives that you have when you step into a rescue course for students?
1: Uh, just kind of the same things that you were mentioning. Um, you You learn, you know, how to spot a panicked diver, you know, the wide eyes. Um, and you can even see this before you get into the water, you know, um, you can see someone's demeanor if they're acting, I, I don't want to say it, it, it all applies, but someone that might be really quiet. Um, uh, but the same applies someone that might be very talkative, you know, they're just, they're, they're feeling nervous. So they're super talkative and you can kind of spot like, Oh, something's a little off here. Um, you're, you're dealing, uh, with how to deal with that panic diver. If the situation arises in the water, um, you know, how to just get out of the way of a panic diver, how to bring a panic diver closer to you, but also keep far enough away so that hopefully they follow you either to the boat or the shore. Um, and then, uh, also, you know, go, goes along with the basic first aid that you're learning. You're learning how to, you know, uh, provide, Provide care, provide CPR, provide first aid, secondary care if you need to, um, and then the the big the big whammy usually is like oh, okay we're gonna uh, go search for a missing diver. Hopefully those those skills from your navigation course kicked in, and you're like okay I need to go find a missing diver out there, um, and then how to bring up an unconscious diver, how to um, bring that you know start maybe giving rescue breaths. And that's kind of a, a back and forth, I guess, depending on what agency you're at. It's like, oh, okay, do I give rescue breaths or do I just get this individual to the boat as quickly as possible? Um, so whatever agency you're training with, I would say um, go with go with what they think is best um, for the course. Um, but I feel like all these courses that we take, especially a rescue, it's one of those courses that we're teaching you skills hopefully that you never have to use. Um, but also, if you do have to use them, I highly recommend every, at, you know, at least every year, but I, I would even say six months that you should review these skills and go over them, grab your buddies, go out there and just go practice some skills. So,
0: Yeah, and I think, I think it's it's good to point out here too is that I don't think the intention of any rescue course, at least at a recreational level that's out there right now that you can take – is to become, you know, a professional level EMT diver, right? I think that that, that might be some of uh, maybe the stigma that gets around it is I don't think the intention is to turn you into superhuman, right? Um, it, it's, you know, there are a lot of different things, yes, that <laughs> that come at, um, <laughs> by the way, Nick just flexes his arms in the video. <laughs> If you're not watching the video, that's why we're laughing. I'm just showing my,
1: show my dive table shirt off. Did you guys get your tickets yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to watch you lift up a table. That's uh, amazing. That's uh, a, a big guns there. Um, but uh, uh, the intention, you know, because there are a lot of, let's say, maladies that can occur, right? For everything from. You know, a simple cut or abrasion or, or a jellyfish sting all the way to, you know, completely unconscious, not breathing, no pulse. And I don't think the intention of the course is that you become an expert in all of the signs and symptoms of every disease that's possible or every injury that's possible on a dive boat, right? Um, although they do list them all out in all the curriculum. and it, <laughs> it's, it's You know, as you're reading, you're going, oh, my gosh, I'm never going to remember um, I think all of them, you go like, okay, everybody, you know, has some wide-eyed craziness. So <laughs> which one is it, right? Like, narcosis, <laughs> yeah. is it CO2 poisoning, is it oxygen toxicity, pulmonary toxicity? I don't know which one, but, but it isn't, the intention isn't to make you a medical doctor, right? I, I think that's, that's really clear. The, the intention is for you as an everyday diver, as a lay person, as a, a lay um, emergency first responder is to be able to build skills and confidence to not only rescue others if they get into peril, but I think the other part of the intention of the course is also around to be able to self-rescue, right? To And what does that really mean? Well, it doesn't mean, you know, if you're out of
1: air, just produce air somehow. Right? Like that'd be <laughs> Amazing they, if you could do it. They've told me I'm full of hot air many times, so I don't know what you're talking
0: That's what pumps up your guns for the gun show is all that (laughs) hot air. There it is. I see. It's it's an optical illusion. But self-rescue means, you know, being number one, prevention, right? Being Making sure that that your kit squared away, that you're fit to dive, right? That you're um, ready mentally, physically, uh, emotionally to be in the water uh, for the dive that you're about to do. But it also means solving some of your own problems, right, that you might have under the water, and being aware of how to solve those problems when they come up. So um, it's not just about, you know, rescuing others, it's also about yourself. And it's also about, you know, being able to provide emergency assistance um, to somebody that is struggling, someone that's having a problem, an incident, or a, a real life emergency, not to become a medical, you know, grade, you know, deliverer of care, and a, you know, you're not gonna be jumping out of helicopters, you know, trying to, trying to, uh, swim through, you know, eight foot surf to find somebody and then rope back in. I know some of those guys, uh, I was good friends with, uh, I'm good friends with a couple of the, um, Navy, uh, rescue helicopter rescue divers. And, uh, well, they're not called divers, I think that although they dive out of the helicopter, but those guys are serious. In fact, one of the funny stories is um, we were at my bachelor party years and years ago. I won't say how long ago because I've been married a long time now. But we were at my bachelor party and those guys were a part of it. And we happened to be at a, a lake that you'll know, Nick, called Big Bear Lake.
1: So you <laughs> used to live there, right? I did. I did used to live in Big Bear Lake many, many moons ago. It's a, a beautiful, life. beautiful
0: place. Yeah, beautiful it is. place. It is. So anyway, we're there for my bachelor party. We had rented out a boat. We were having some fun, and um, you know, I had worked on marinas for a long time before that. So I had, you know, been a worked my way up from dock boy when I was sixteen to uh, to working on marinas. I just loved being around the water. And the funny story about these two, you know, rescue swimmers, navy trained, all these things, um, is they don't know the the basic marina tricks. And so I snuck a life vest into the water with me. And if you flip a life vest upside down, it basically becomes a diaper, but it's, you know, you put your legs through it and then, you know, it becomes basically a a submersible diaper that keeps you floating on the surface. So I challenged all these guys to a float contest who could, who could, who could float the longest, you know, uh, on the surface without going under and, um, and then it was hilarious cuz i'm wearing my little life vest under the water no one knows no one can see it and these two guys you know <laughs> just working and we we're out of for like i don't know 30 minutes and finally the big guy who's like you know you're not going to ever admit defeat is like you know really mad i don't know how you're doing this is impossible you know i'm like man i'm good i'm just floating here like i don't know what's wrong with you i i'm good to go and so I won the contest. Obviously, it was kind of funny. And then uh, at the very end, I pulled out the uh, the life vest and showed them. And uh, you know, I got I got adequately sunk and dunked uh, for <laughs> for that. But
1: I won the contest, anyways. Total random, not rescue related, but uh, but interesting. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if I was up there. During that time, maybe we ran into each other at another point in time. There. Maybe,
0: yeah, maybe, yeah, we I was brothers there from
1: another mother from like oh, I think it was like 08 to 2013 is when I lived there. 08
0: to 2013, uh, so yeah, 2012. Oh so, man, yeah. we could have crossed I- paths at one point. It was. <laughs> But I knew more, I recognized I you. <laughs> you know, in the village, there was that coffee shop that the tin kettle or something like that. I forget the name of it, but it was like the coffee shop in the village, and we were there quite a bit when we were doing our wedding planning up there.
1: I'm trying to. You remember what I'm talking about? I do. I kind of remember a coffee shop, but I was more i was I was there more at nighttime in the bars. <laughs> i was just kidding. I know the bars very well. There, Murray's, Murray's, and Chad's was up there. Murray's and Chad's.
0: Yeah, I think we went to one of those. My my wife did uh, before we were married. Um, you know, she's she's into athletics, and she did a snowshoe race uh, up oh. there once. And I cool. I was like, awesome, have fun. I'll be at the finish line with the beer <laughs> So I pulled up, dropped her off off. She went she, the funny part about the whole thing was, well, it's a crazy story. So I won't tell the whole story, but the funny part is she had never worn a pair of snowshoes before, but she thought, Oh, this is a good way to learn is to enter this big race up in big bear. And off she went running <laughs> down for the race uh, in her snowshoes that she had just, or, or uh, yeah, yeah, that she had just bought. And there she went. Anyways, enough about that. So back to rescue, So if if the intention of the course is expanding your situational awareness, right, your scope of awareness, your circle of awareness, whatever phrase people use for that, um, whatever agency you're in, and is focused on rescue skills around recovery and and those sorts of things and self-rescue, why do you think or what is behind the stigma with this course? Why are are people maybe – afraid or hesitant. I don't want to like put words in other people's mouths, but what I've heard is I'm not ready. That's going to be too, too challenging. Or, you know, that's going to be too, too hard. I don't need to do that course. What's behind the stigma with the rescue course?
1: Well, I, you know, I was trying to answer this question and, um, I think it's, it's one of those things, like as even as an open water diver, when people are like, "Oh, you should go and take the advanced course." Um, people might be like, "Oh, I'm 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 not ready to 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 dive into that." No pun intended. <laughs> um, but it, it is there is a lot of skills that go into it. But I feel like as you. You know, uh, I remember a while back we were talking about that chart that's laid out like, oh, here's open water diver. And then you go to advance and then you see rescue and it's kind of up there right below the first professional um, standing in most agencies. Um, I, I mean, I know only in two in particular that I can speak of, I can't think of some other agencies, but, um, they just feel like there's a lot that goes into it. And it is, it is a lot. There is a lot that goes into the course. It's a very tiring course. Um, it'll, it'll exhaust you mentally and physically, um, because you're, you're trying to do all the stuff and, and. Um, nobody ever gets it perfect the first time. So kind of like what you were saying, you're, you're just trying to learn these skills and then build on those skills to get better and better. Um, but as an open water diver, when you're still trying to figure out, you know, these, these minor things that you're, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm still trying to, you know, figure out my BCD or I'm trying to figure out this and that it's like, okay, now I got a task load and do all this other stuff. Um, I feel like stigma might be a strong word. Um, I don't know if I quite agree with that, but I, I understand where you're coming from. Like, like what What do you mean? Like, I mean, you just explained stigma, but um, I, I just feel that, that I don't know if that's the right word I would use for me.
0: Yeah, maybe hesitation or... I don't know. I, I don't I – never experienced that personally myself. I was always ready like, let's go. What's next? Um, what's what's next? next? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, but I have talked to a lot of other divers who have said those things to me and I'm sure you've heard it oh, from yes, students yes. as well. So I don't know if it's a stigma. I'm just saying there's some – whatever word you want to use there, hesitation stigma blah 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 whatever blah blah um, blah 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 <laughs> blah, blah to, <laughs> to taking the course and i and i' I'm, I'm just trying to understand it i guess
1: yeah me. no no and i understand like um i maybe there's a belief that it's out of their league out of their um you know that they're they're not uh prepared for it um i mean i could definitely tell you um, I think we were having a conversation about this uh, a while back. Um, the The second class I ever took was actually a stress and rescue course. Um, and I'm glad I took it. I, I went into it. Same thing. I was like, oh, what's next? Let's do this. I, I didn't have this um, like stigma. I didn't have it either. I was like, oh, I was always ready. What's the next course? What's the next course? Um, I just I, I wish I would have waited a little bit before it was my second course because I was open water and then the only other course that was offered was a rescue course, a stress and rescue course. And um, I definitely got a lot. I learned a lot, but I feel that if I was more comfortable in the water, I would have gotten more out of the class. But I guess I could say that about any class. Um, You know, if I go and take uh, four rescue classes over the course of the next four months over different agencies, the, by the time I hit that fourth one, I'll probably learn a lot. Even if I take, took this from the same instructor over, I mean, I don't know if I'm from the same instructor, but I would feel that I would learn more. But definitely, um, there was there was times where I was struggling a lot because I wasn't comfortable in my own gear yet. I didn't know where all the quick dumps were. I didn't know, um, you know, I was just still trying to figure out how to be a diver. And then it's like, okay, now I have to rescue another diver. Um, so I, I was reading, I think there's, I think SDI, I might be wrong, but I believe that they require you to to have 40 dives before you take that course. Um, I'll have to look into that, but I believe that's the case. And and I wish I would have had more than the, the five or six open water dives that I had. And that was, I think I had, I think I had five literally or six and four or five of those was part of the class. And then I went one fun dive and then it's like, oh, let's go into this rescue course. And I definitely learned a lot, but um, I guess the feeling of being unprepared going into it. Um, but I feel like that's that should not necessarily be every class. But you want to go into it learning something by the time you get out of it. Yeah, I think um,
0: I think you're right. I think there's one part of it. It's the chart, right? I think that's that's true in terms of how you see that progression um, that you go. For most agencies, it's open water, then advanced, then rescue, and then I think too there is there is something about the being comfortable in your own kit, right, in your own gear,
1: being comfortable in your own wetsuit. Maybe that's that's the best way to put it, right? Um, I don't think I'm ever comfortable in my wetsuit. It's very revealing. Uh,
0: I don't know which one's more comfortable: my wetsuit or my or my dry. I don't. A, we should do a comfort test. Uh, I guess it depends on the undergarments. Yeah. Um, I, uh, by the way,
1: <laughs> I as far as, uh... was
0: talking to. Oh, sorry, I was talking to some guy who said in the summer he dives his uh, his dry suit, buck naked. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> no, not for me, buddy. No, no, no. Like, what if? What if? I was just thinking, like out loud, you know. Um, and and of course, I let it slip. But I was just thinking, you know. Well. That, that's all well and good. Except for what if uh something breaks on the inflator and, and there's squeeze going on.
1: I, I need some I need a barrier of protection. Uh, for I, uh I don't know. I can see I, I oof, that'd be a tough one. Some of those dry suits though are thick. Like if you've gotten into one of those like the big thick neoprene dry suits, I mean, even in the middle of winter I see those guys sweating. <laughs> So yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine like a hundred degree day out like on the lake just putting this dry suit on. It's like literally, I'd be like, okay, dry suits on. I'm in the water, minute flat. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, like. exactly. Yeah. Well, and so
0: I think I think we're getting around it in some ways. The stigma, for me, I, I think it's also there's a part of it that is. The idea of taking responsibility for somebody else. So the outcome of the class possibly is that that I'm able to then take responsibility for somebody else else's rescue. I wouldn't say well-being or survival because those those are both out of our control, right? And in, in those instances, not completely, but mostly out of our control. And and I think that that's. Uh, you know if I like what you're saying if I can't take care of myself right if i if I can't take care of myself how am i going to take care of anybody else might be part of this and I really empathize with that i mean i I remember for myself when I was young I wanted to be uh really young so <laughs> I don't want to say when I was young like when i was you know in college uh but when I was i wanted to be a an e m t astronaut that was my whole goal um and was kind of very
1: like, specific <laughs> EMT yeah <astronaut>. i mean
0: <laughs> Something in a weird a way, world. I've achieved it in uh, in a really <laughs> weird way. Uh, yes, zero gravity rescues; uh, those happen in scuba. I mean, yeah, uh, that's they how do. they me. do. But anyway, I, you know, I wanted to be that for a long time, and I had never had any struggle with you know blood and guts and injuries and things like that to myself. But I remember my aunt, and this is not when I was young. This is when I was in college. My aunt had gone through a surgery, and I was the closest one to her. And so I uh, decided to go up and spend time with her, um, you know, in the recovery room and so on and so forth. And I remember um, that, you know, three days, whatever it was that I slept at the hospital at her bedside, there was so much fear for me um, when she needed help in assisting her, not for myself. I wasn't fearful that I was going to get sick or get something gross on my hands or something like that, some of the common things that you did. I was so afraid that whatever I did could make her feel pain or feel worse, that I was going to do the wrong thing. And so I do think that there's some stigma around that. And I had to get through that mental block of the fear of doing the wrong thing and realize that in most cases, a person is that's having a real true to life emergency is in the worst case scenario they possibly could be in. And that anything that you do to assist, um, you know, in good faith within, within your training, again, within your level of training um, is only going to make that worst situation incrementally better. It can't make it worse. And for me, I had to break through that barrier way back in college of like, I have to help my aunt. And so I have to get through this of if I do the wrong thing, so be it. I'm still trying to help and I'm going to educate myself on how to help her all the way fast forward to now where it's the same principle with rescue is, you know, taking responsibility for somebody else um, is partly for me was overcoming the fear of doing the wrong thing or making the situation worse. And I can empathize with that.
1: Yeah. And I I definitely agree with that. And. Um, I, I can't speak for all um, first aid CPR classes, but that, that feeling or that is definitely addressed in that. And um, I think maybe that's part of why that's probably required uh, going into a rescue course, just because they talk about that like you were just saying, hey, this person is in the worst possible position. There is not much you can do to make it worse. If you're going to try to help, I mean, if the intent is there to try to help you can only make—I don't want to say make it better—but the chances of you making it worse are going to be extremely, extremely difficult. Um, and it kind of goes back. I think even um, it's funny because I know we just had a conversation about this uh, a little bit ago. But um, even in your open water course, you know, you're you're kind of learning to take that responsibility hey, we're doing out of air, share air scenarios. If my buddy runs out of air, you need to be there. I know when um, I'm teaching my course in the lake, visibility is not the greatest. So I always tell people, hey, don't be further than fist bumps distance away. Um, One, because you might lose sight of them. And then, you know, what's the point? Not what's the point to have a buddy, but if you lose sight um, of your buddy, then they can't really help you if a situation arises. But I feel like we kind of start doing that from day one, it's like, oh, okay, you have that buddy, you need to be there for them in case, in case a situation arises. But yes, in a rescue course, you're taking it a lot further. Um, but I feel that we're kind of starting to, to you know, it's uh, the right word. Um, I feel like you're just you're, you're starting to introduce that like, hey, you need to be there for your buddy if your buddy's out of air. Okay, now if your buddy's in an even worse situation, these are more things that you could do to help. Um, Because I definitely think a rescue class, like like I was saying, will build skills. It will make you a more confident diver. Um, You will go into situations um, feeling better about yourself. But I also feel you'll feel more confidence within yourself because, you know, like the self-rescue or um, you might just, you know... More education always makes you feel a little bit more better, especially when you're in the water, because if you know more, then you're going to feel more comfortable.
0: Yeah. So I think if you're out there and you're listening to this and and maybe you fall into that category of, you know, I don't feel like I'm, I'm ready. I'm not squared away yet. Um, I think, I think we can understand that if you're feeling that hesitation around taking responsibility for somebody else, I think that, that's understandable around that as well. I I think maybe there's also a few maybe smaller categories of things that I've heard. You know, one, you know, I've heard. You know, I don't want to take legal responsibility. Uh, I don't hear that often. I've heard that from like two individuals ever um, around helping people, and then they cite, you know, Good Samaritan laws and people that have gotten sued and all these sorts of things. And yeah, I get that. And you know, I I I think that's a, I don't know. I think that's a cop out, in my opinion. That's a. This, this not a good reason to not help somebody, uh, to, in my opinion, or to not take the class if you're worried about legal liability in some ways. And, and I think the other category I've heard, which, again, makes sense, is just that they, um, they feel like they don't want to advance anymore. So, look, I, I took my open water. I'm an advanced um, diver now. What do I need rescue for? For other people? Like, no, it's not going to help me. And I think you're really illustrating the fact, Nick, that, that this course, although it is oriented towards the help and rescue and solving of incidents and, and emergencies for others, that you are going to grow in this course. This is a a personal development course as well. It's not just about, you know, the the rescue of somebody else, although those are core skills, you will grow. And I think maybe that doesn't get... Get talked a whole lot about in the the advertising and marketing of the rescue course. That maybe uh, maybe we can hit a little bit harder is just the fact that this is a a part of your development. It will aid in your development no matter how you look at it. And it's not just about you know being there for somebody else. It's also about you becoming a better diver, a more confident diver, um, a more relaxed and in control diver.
1: So I'm gonna I'm gonna get into a little bit into the psyche right now. So do you think that maybe that person that doesn't want to take that legal responsibility just deep down is scared to help somebody? Goes going back to that, like, oh hey, maybe you know I'm just kind of nervous about doing that. Let me just throw this other excuse out here. You know, I, I'm totally joking by that, by the way. But <laughs> you never know, you never know, you know, because um, like I said, there is the uh, the the individual that might be, you know, the overconfidence to kind of hide the fact that he's not very confident or, you know, on on the boat, like, Oh, okay. Oh, I'm the best diver there is. But deep down he's like, man, I'm scared shitless right now. (laughs) Usually how it goes. Yeah. 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 You know, and or the extremely quiet individual um, because they're just, you know, in their own head thinking about all the, the things that could go wrong. I mean, I could definitely tell you um, my, my first, ocean dive um after my open water i did i did a discovery in the ocean but then i did you know it's all fun and discovery but then you take the open water class and it's like man this thing could actually kill me (laughs) if i (laughs) I do it wrong you just learn all the bad things that could happen that's not true but you do learn a lot of bad things and i remember i was on the boat on the way to the dive site and there was a lot of swell and the you know the boats on the way out there and it's just you know (laughs) And I'm just like, what did I get myself into? I didn't have a buddy on there. I just met everybody on the boat. Um, I mean, there was like a buddy that was assigned to me. I was like, what am I doing? This is. I was probably very quiet, which is an odd thing if you know me, (laughs) because I'm not very quiet all the time. But I was probably like, man, what what am I doing out here? This is. What did I get myself into? And then, um, and I I, I, I tell people that all the time, just like, hey, that first dive you do out of your open water class, there's going to be a little anxiety. There's going to be a little nervousness, you know, but just get in the water. And, and um, for most people, it goes away. Um, for me, it instantly went away. As soon as I got underwater, I was just like, this is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm here.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, good. I mean, you know, I think the stigma and and I think that the other thing maybe just to hit back on the legal point here is, you know, obviously the, the what is it, the squeaky wheel gets the grease or well, I don't remember the phrase, but you, you. There are some stories out there of people suing friends over helping them get out of a car rescue. For example, one of the famous ones in California um, around the Good Samaritan stuff. It went all the way to the Supreme Court, whether or not, and they decided that the though that they did have a right to sue. They did not find in the you know in the side of the person that helped the person that sued them, but. The Supreme Court ruled, yeah, you have the right to sue them, if you if you want to. We, we don't think you should, but you have that right. Um, and so, of course, some of these stories get out there. You know, there's a story a few years ago of of the the you know advanced open water student who drowned. Um, you know, out. I mean, tragically drowned um, due to you know the the lots of different incidents, but the dry um, suit one. Know, the dry suit one, yeah. yeah. So if you, if you haven't heard that story, you can look it up. Uh, we won't rehash it today. Uh, but, th- I mean, there's just a, a, a series of tragic things uh, that's, that happened.
1: It's um, like case. a incident Grand Canyon yeah. that
0: happened. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just... an, it's, yeah, it's not an incident pit. It's an incident yeah. in Grand Canyon. Yeah, you're totally right. And and <clears throat> the, the crazy part about that is if you remember that the video came from her buddy, who was also an advanced open water student, who, who was the only one that went to help her in that instance. Um, and so there was a lot of, of buzz around the, the dive world uh, around that as well. And so um, I think that if you're if you are hesitating on the class because of the legal reasons, you've probably heard the worst of the worst of the worst stories that have gotten through. And there are, I don't know how many we, we need to look. We should have looked up at Dan beforehand, but how many rescues that take place? And I don't even think it's necessarily even a trackable number,
1: um, right? That, well, a that lot of them don't get reported is the problem. Um, but to kind of follow, and I don't know if this is where you were going, but you probably have heard the worst of the worst. But at the same time, there's also a lot of very good stories out there of people helping people out in, in situations um, and unfortunately, in the world that we live in, you don't necessarily always see those good stories on the front page news. It's always the bad ones that that make up, you know, the, the first five pages. And then, you know, on page 15 in a little tiny article on the bottom, it's like, diver saves the day. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. and I wish it, you know, it's just like, yeah, the the world we live in, I guess. Well, good. So let's switch gears a little bit and let's get
0: personal on this side oh, of things. man. So I, I want us both to have a chance to talk about, you know, why did you, Nick Hogle, take a rescue course? And you've talked a little bit about it in the terms of it was just the next thing on the counter. But but getting behind that, you know, why did you take a rescue course? And do you have any thoughts on, you know, when someone else should do it or who should do it or, or what they people should know to be successful?
1: Well, definitely. I uh, At the time, it was the next class offered. Um, you know, we always go back to you don't know what you don't know. And I, I was just like, oh, another class. This is the next one. Let's take it. I, you know, I, I wish I um, had a different mindset going in, I guess. But uh, it was just, you know, I, I when I did my open water class, I was hooked. And it's like, OK, what's the next class? What's the next class? I'm, I'm interested in learning. Um, e- even when I was going through my classes, I never thought I'd become an instructor. It just was like it was a natural progression that led into that. Um, but for me, it's, it's hard for me to, I, I never want to steer anybody away from taking classes. It's if, if, you know, you're out of open water and you want to take another class, I just, I always suggest getting more comfortable in the water before you start task loading. Cause you, you come out of open water. The biggest thing, not, not even necessarily the biggest thing is, Um, but we're, we're trying to teach buoyancy, you know, like, okay, um, let's, let's get in there. Let's learn a lot about our buoyancy. Um, and I, I don't expect anybody to have it perfect out of their open water class. Some people are a little bit better. Some people aren't as good. Um, but I always suggest getting, uh we talked about this as well, like going out and diving more and just getting more comfortable in the water, getting more comfortable with your gear. Um, I know that uh, I had a rescue class and um, the, the individual in the class, they they weren't very familiar with the gear that they were wearing. So um, it was a lot harder on her to, to, Figure things out because she's trying to figure out this gear as she's trying to figure out how to deal with these situations, and I, I maybe that just goes back to what I was saying. For me, it's like, oh, okay, I really wasn't even comfortable in my own gear, um, so me going into that class made it a little bit more difficult than it could have been if I would have been diving for uh, another few months or another few dives or whatnot. Um, but I'm very glad that I took it and. Uh, the shop that I work for, we actually, and, and I wish more shops did this. I, I've, I know of two, um, but we actually will say, hey, uh, the, the one other place that I worked at or where I did my dive master internship, I should say, um, every few months, they're like, hey, we're all going to go out. We're going to practice rescue skills. We're just going to go out. We're going to practice rescue skills um, because I've seen it where someone took their rescue 15 years ago, come in and they're like, oh, now we're doing it every year. And I mean, just deer in headlights. They're not knowing what's going on. They haven't been updated with all the changes or they're just flat out. You know, if, if you did something once 15 years ago, it's hard for anybody to be able to 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 learn how to do it um, or relearn how to do it, I should say. Um but yeah, I think at the end of the day, for me, it was like, okay, it was the next class on on the schedule and I just went for it. And I'm really glad that I did. But I guess I wish I would have had a different mindset going into it. Um, like, oh, you know, this is going to make me a better diver. At the time, I think I was thinking anything is going to make me a better diver. <laughs> Being in the water is going to make me a better diver. Uh, but that I think that's one that that rings true. Um, but going into it, I just say get get comfortable in the water. Uh, we talk about buoyancy a lot. I really, really try to drive it into my students. Um, you know, like, hey, diving buoyancy is everything, and it's, you know, I, I tell them there's three types of buoyancy: there's positive, there's negative, and there's where we want to be is neutral. <laughs> you know, exactly. and you, you know, you want to. Fl- I say it's like once you get that buoyancy good, it's almost like flying, and once you're comfortable doing that, to add some other skills, it, it's not going to be as difficult going into it. Uh, what about what about yourself?
0: Yeah, for me, I, I, um, you know, I had a really strong reason to take the class and that reason came, I was really lucky when I came out of my open water class to start diving with other, with not other, with pros. So I don't think everybody gets that experience. Um, I did my, my fifth dive. So four dives in open water and five fifth dive was with a dive master, um, who was another pro and another pro sorry was a pro I'm not I was not a pro um and I knew in those moments and and I was so thankful for that time um that I get to spend diving together that that person could look me in the eye and if something went wrong they could say with with full confidence I got you you know I got you and I felt that way as well so I felt you know I'm in good hands is how I felt uh in in when I started kind of diving outside of class, right? Dive five and six and so on and so forth. And so for me, my incentive I felt really strongly about is I want to be able to look that person back in the eye and say, I got you. And I want to build the skills and do what's necessary in order to be able to say that because I can't say that right now, right? As an open water diver, I couldn't say that. Um, And so uh, it, it was really important to me to be able to say that with, with look someone in the eye and say, you know, something goes wrong, I, I've got you. Um, because I knew what it felt like to be able to look in someone else's eyes. And they said, if something goes wrong, I got you and to believe that. And so I was a really strong incentive for me to take the rescue course um, and to educate myself beyond just the course on rescue and and all the things that go into it. And I have to say, you know, it's, it's come full circle. It's, it's, it was really cool. Uh, you know, so, so we got a chance, you know, it was months and months ago before we took the class together. But you were actually my instructor for the rescue class that, that uh, I took at least through this agency, um, through your agency. And it was funny because I had paid for the course. You know, a long time before uh, you know, and then obviously it didn't happen, and and finally you know we had a we had a class, so it was months before the class actually took place. But the cool part for me, and and I didn't share this with the that individual, but um, in my class we we, we should talk about that because it was it was a lot of fun. You were the instructor, I was the student, <laughs> the lone student because the other student dropped out uh, after the first day. And, I think and then, she was
1: intimidated by you.
0: <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm, 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 I'm messing around. I'm messing around. Yeah, but, but, uh, no, she, but, the, the, the student had-
1: was not, she, she was not ready to, to take the course. I'll, I'll full on admit that she was, she was, um, she was having, uh, it's just one of those things. Like she just needs to be more comfortable in the water. That the individual needs to be more comfortable in the water. I'm not trying to call anybody out, but it, it comfort is is a huge thing going into continuing education. I feel, um, but yeah, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. No, no worries. I, I think I agree. But, but it was, I was a fun say class. That- it was a fun class.
0: <laughs> so it was you as the instructor, me as the student, and then we had two dive masters <laughs> with us. And for me going back to the story of of looking you in the eye and saying I got you and knowing what that feels like, you know, I had I had a moment there because one of those dive masters was the the individual that I took my fifth dive with, right? And then I've I've developed this relationship with and become really good friends. And I had a moment there, and, and I need to uh, share this with him on a personal level at some point. But where I, I did. I mean, I remember I had him, um, you know, in one of the drills that we were doing, and was towing him back to shore, <laughs> and and I loud <laughs> well, like you do a thousand times in, in your course, and um, and I, you know, and I had that moment for myself of that that initial, you know, uh, incentive or drive to take the course to be able to look him in the eye and say that to him by the end of that day I could look him in the eye and say that to him and I did I literally had him by the tank right like I had him <laughs> by the tank and was was pulling him in um and so that was a beautiful moment for me and and I uh, I really cherished that moment but I think that was a, a cool thing and I, and I think that that's something to think about for people that who should take it well my opinion is you know, anybody in the water should do it. But really, if, if the, the individual I would say to take it, if you're like me, is if you want to be able to look your dive buddy in the eye um, and say, I got you, and to have that confidence, I think this is a really valuable course. And, and the other thing I think, too, is the surprising part about it is, and you mentioned this earlier, one of the prerequisites to taking the, the rescue course, I think in all the agencies that I that I know of. Um, At least I don't think there's an agency out there that does not have this prerequisite. It could be wrong, but I don't think so. Is to have your basic, you know, basic life support or emergency first responder um, first aid um, you know, your training in basic life support, which includes and primarily is around CPR. So ventilations or rescue breaths and chest compressions, um, and then, um, you know, to have your AED on top of that and for me and for most your O2 provider on top of that. What's amazing to me is although, you know, I'm going to also become a, a, a DAN instructor. So I've been studying to do that. Um, that'll take place relatively soon. Um, so I've been through, I don't know how many different rescue and, and first aid courses at this point um, with different agencies. But what's amazing to me is that course has so much more value just beyond beyond just diving. And what I mean by that is as a parent, even for me, the EFR, you know, BLS, CPR, AED courses give me skills that I can utilize in my home. I can utilize while I'm driving my truck down the road and I see a car accident, right? Um, there are skills way beyond the diving. And that was such a benefit to... To me uh, and my confidence as, you know, a parent, but also to my family and to those, my friends, not ne- necessarily just divers that are around me. And so um, I think maybe some people feel like that's too much. I have to go take an EFR or BLS class. And if you do them, I highly recommend Dan. I mean, I've been so impressed with Dan's um, comprehensiveness in what they what they do. And if you don't know what Dan is, it's Divers Alert Network. Um, a, a lot of folks out there uh, utilize them. But taking just a basic first aid course, CPR course, AED course, um, O2 provider course is amazing. And then one last little point here I'd say is that when I finished my uh, you know, CPR first aid class, my O2 provider class, I think it was a week later. Nick, you were there when this happened. We There was an emergency at the dive site that we dive at. And I happened to be... Uh, the closest in terms of an uh, emergency first responder, I, we me and another buddy discovered the diver, and uh, we did not rescue that individual from the water. Uh, this individual was already at the surface, uh, but clearly demonstrating, you know, um, signs uh, that he was in distress and was exhibiting signs of decompression, uh, illness. And, uh, so we are decompression sickness, sorry. And, um, and I ended up Literally, like two weeks after I finished my O2 course or whatever, I ended up providing oxygen right there. And I'll say that uh, that for me, the course just kicked in. It wasn't something I thought about uh, very hard. Uh, I just it kicked in. You know, what to do, I did it. It wasn't like I had to pull out some slates and go through the checklist or anything like that. It just happened. And so you never know when there's going to be a, a situation where you can assist and to have that training and to be able to rely on that training. And I think what you're saying also, and to keep that training fresh, um, in some cases, in some accounts from this individual that, that I assisted, um, you know, I don't know if we saved that individual's life. Um, I don't know if there would have been long-term consequences, um, because of that situation, but I know I helped and I knew I did it to the best of my ability. And I know that person has, you know, thanked me a ton for me assisting, and I'm very grateful that I had had the training and and was able to assist in that moment. Otherwise, what what was I going to do? You know, try to find somebody else that could do it. So I would say there's a lot of value in the knowledge beyond just diving that uh, you get out of out of taking a course like this.
1: No, I agree, and uh, I always actually. Usually, I always tell people in my open water class, like the closing little spiel that I have, closing arguments, whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I always do. I'm like, hey, you should, you know. I always recommend if this is something, if diving something that you're going to get into, um, make your way to rescue. And if if that's it, just leave it at rescue. Um, but one of the requirements is a CPR first aid class, and um, I tell people that's that's just a, a life skill that everybody should know. And I don't know if this is correct. I I just heard this recently, um, but I I literally, I would always say, oh, I think that they should teach that in high school. I think that that should be a course in high school that people should take. Um, And someone informed me the other day that it's actually going to become a requirement um, in in at least the state of Texas from what the individual told me that everybody in high school has to take some form of CPR uh, before they get out, which I think is just awesome um but going back to um what you were saying like looking that individual in the eye saying i got you um do you think that the the husband felt that way when he looked at his wife and gave him the out of air signal she gave him the snorkel <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah it was a different version of i got you it was ha i got you <laughs> She was like, sweet, finally, here's the snorkel. <laughs> yeah, finally, rescue yourself. See, there's another reason that you should take the course if you're worried about that situation happening. Self rescue is really, yeah, exactly. really useful, exactly.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, that's a funny, funny joke I heard not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, good. Um, you know, I, I think this has been a good discussion, and you know, I think that. There's so much in this, but the, you know, we focused on that topic. Why should I take a rescue diver course? And I think the answer was clear for me and and clear for you as to why, but we talked about the intention of rescue training, talking about expanding your situational awareness beyond yourself or your circle of awareness beyond your own gear. We talked about, you know, why there may be a stigma or maybe there's a different word there around rescue diving and unpack some of that. And I think that if if you want to talk about that with Nick or myself, um, maybe you're experiencing that, please, you know, feel free. We would love to have that, but at least talk about it with somebody. Work through that blocker if you have it. Uh, I really encourage you to do that. And then finally, we talked a little bit about why we decided to take the course. Um, you know, you and I had a lot of fun
1: in the one that we did for me and I wouldn't trade it for the world. So Yeah, and let let me just add a couple things there real quick. Um, One of the cool things about the course uh, that we took, and I I definitely like to tell um, everybody this, when you get into a good rescue course, it is so much fun. You build so much rapport, and it was awesome for us because obviously me and you know each other, and then the two dive masters were just loads of fun man we we had so much fun i remember at one point there was another open water class out there and they're like aren't you guys taking a rescue class because you guys are just laughing and having so much fun out there (laughs) like you could tell that they were just like man i wish i was in that class um but you you do you build so much rapport and and it's such a fun thing um that you can you can get into and and like really to know uh, real
0: quick real quick though to interrupt sorry to interrupt but i'm gonna interrupt we weren't laughing and having such a good time because we were just screwing around. I just want to be no, clear about no, that. No, yeah, this was, yeah. they, they gave it to me hard uh, yeah. and, and so did you. So I, I always yeah. want to be clear with everyone out there. It wasn't because we were sitting on the shore laughing around. It was because we were actually having fun. Training really hard.
1: Well, I think one because we had such good rapport with it was me, you, and and the two other individuals, and that and that was just it was just a lot of fun um, because you're learning, and I feel like when you can put the fun behind it, then then you can get a lot more out of it as opposed to if you're stressed out, you know, stress and rescue. No, Um, but it was a lot of fun, um, and um, I actually had a, a individual reach out to me. Um, someone that was like, oh, uh, one of the dive masters in that course actually uh, saying, oh, one of my buddies took a rescue class and he felt like he didn't get a whole lot out of it. Um, is it cool if we come out here and just run through some some scenarios? I was like, yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Come out. And, and if you're thinking about taking a rescue course, um, like you're saying, talk to us or go to your local dive shop and say, hey, um, is there a rescue course? Can I just kind of not participate in it, but maybe sit in and just kind of see what's going on. And then you realize it's not that bad. Talk to the instructor about it. And um, I know, you know, that, that's what's kind of nice when we go, the, the shop that I'm working for, when we go out, we try to all bundle together in the same area so that that open water class can see the rescue class going on and then hopefully break that stigma of, man, that, you know, I, I shouldn't have that feeling because this looks like a, a good time. Um, because yeah, we, you know, um, I, I, yeah, same, sorry. I didn't mean to give that, give off that impression that we were all just laughing and it was jokes and stuff, but it really was a good time. Like we, we had, it was great company. It was such an amazing time. I Definitely got a little bit of sun that weekend. It was one of the first nice weekends I felt we had in a long time. So
0: it was good. It was good. Yeah. I looked like Rudolph the red nosed reindeer when I was (laughs) done with that one. It was so bad. Um, and yeah, and we had we had a good time. I, I have to say too, we I was able to take out a little aggression. Producer Daniel, if you don't know out there, um, for those of, of you listening, is is a dive master as well. He's a diver. He's not just a, a producer. Um, and he was one of the the DMs on that course. And I remember you know towards the end of <laughs> one of the days, just to just to give him a hard time. You know, he had his eyes closed. I was towing him back to shore. You know, giving my one, two, three, four, and then breath. And I got him back to you know the stairs and the, and the and ready to get out, and I just gave a one two three and then I dunked him.
1: <laughs> I think I think um, uh, I think I heard something about blue M and M's right before you dunked them. Yeah. <laughs> Where my, blue, my
0: writer said blue M and M's? Where are they? That's right. Yeah. So uh, so anyway, that's not part of the course is dunking your DM. Um, but if you can do it. And do it safely, we recommend it, uh, especially if they're the producer of your podcast. Um, it, that, it was that, that, that a lot of fun. And don't you love that Daniel can't say anything right now? Yeah, <laughs> I
1: know, I, I could just he's see him shaking mode. his head right now. We, well, we were I'm gonna, gonna, gonna try to do the... uh... a <laughs> oh, is he chiming in right now? <laughs> he's trying, yeah, he's trying, he's trying. Um, but uh, no, it it really, really was a uh, uh, such a fun day. It was, it was cool. Um, I'm really glad that we were able to partake in that. And um, for all you viewers out there, we were trying to get the underwater microphones working to do a full underwater podcast. But we're still waiting on that uh, sponsorship right now. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, we're, we're going to keep waiting. <laughs> we're good. Well, hey, we'd love to hear your story. Uh, what do you think about training to become a rescue diver? Are, have you done it? Why did you do it or why not? Um, What has your experience been in this particular rescue or situational winner side of things? So we want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on thedivetable.com. And while you're at it, if you want to be a part of this community, the community is growing, continually growing, so excited about all of that. Um, You know, number one, subscribe to the mailing list so we know that you're out there. So thedivetable.com. You can also leave us a rating of the show. Uh, It seems to be that Apple – helps us the best there. So if you leave a rating, leave it at Apple or you can also leave it on our website. And then finally, say howdy. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, And so send us a message. Share your thoughts. uh, And who knows, maybe those voicemails or thoughts will end up on a, a future episode of the Dive Table. And then don't forget to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. Hit that subscribe button so that you, or follow button so that you get notified when new episodes drop every Tuesday. And then finally, it really helps us if you can send a link to the show, uh, a link to the website, to a dive buddy, your dive team, um, you know, spam your, your complete contact inbox. If you feel like it um, just don't say that we told you to do it. Uh, it doesn't really matter. No, but send this out. If you enjoy the show, um, if you didn't really enjoy it, you can still help us by sending it to your ex. It, it helps us both. We, Nick and I get helped and the show gets helped because we're spreading the word and you get helped because you didn't like it. So why not make someone else suffer with it? So go for it. Win-win, <laughs> um, <so, laughs> right?
1: Win-win, no big deal. Uh, any parting thoughts, Nick? Um, no, I think this uh, this was pretty good. I think we covered a lot of stuff in here, which is which is awesome. And I really hope that... Um, somebody listening out there uh, now gets motivated to go take a rescue class.
0: Absolutely. And, and we'll say uh, we apologize for any technical glitches. We're still working out this new system uh, and it will get better. But hopefully uh, this, this was good. Let us know what you think about that too. So thanks everybody for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the next episode of The Dive Table. The Dive Table is a production of Fish Dive Surf Incorporated and a member of the Fish Dive Surf Podcast Network. You can find out more at www.fishdivesurf.com.